You're listening to a podcast from JNNP. Good morning. This is a JNNP podcast from the meeting of the British Neuropsychiatric Association in London. I am Marcus Reuber. I'm a neurologist from um, Sheffield. And I'm talking to Mark Richardson, who is a professor of um, epilepsy at the Institute of Psychiatry in, in London. Mark is um, talking to us today about um, networks in epilepsy. Perhaps you could briefly let us know what, what it is that you're talking about today. Yeah, th- thank you, Marcus. Uh, what, what I'm going to talk about is how seizures start in the brain. What, one of the, the major unexplained things about epilepsy is why does a seizure start at a particular moment? So one of the things that we've started to do over the last couple of years is try to describe how the network of the brain is connected, so the, the topology of the network. And then if we can understand the network topology, we've started a program of work where we put the dynamics of a computational model into that network and then we combine those two things, so data from the patient with computational <coughs> dynamics, to see if we can understand how it is that the brain switches from a state of normal activity to suddenly a state of catastrophically abnormal activity, a, a, a seizure state. That's, that's fascinating. It must um, have informed the recent debates about when seizures start. Uh, that, that's a very interesting question. We've modelled at the moment... Um, primary generalised epilepsy, where seizure onset is relatively abrupt. And and I think debates there about when it is that a seizure starts are a little bit less hazy than in some other areas. We're starting to look at focal onset seizures um, with models where the the, the kind of lead into the seizure might be a little bit longer. At the moment, we don't have tools that we can use in our data to look at the the pre-ictal state with any reliability. Uh, but clearly that's an absolutely fascinating area. You know, it does seem that there are signals in the brain that occur prior to seizures. And there's a very active debate about whether those are actually part of the seizure or whether they're some kind of predisposing brain state. But certainly the, the, the modelling that we do should capture changes between brain states. And we may find that seizures emerge during particular states rather than, rather than others. So where do um, absence seizures start? I think that there's enough evidence from the animal literature that they have at least a focal trigger zone. It's probably stretching a little bit the point to say that they're focal onset seizures, but it does look as though there's a localised cortical trigger zone that then very quickly engages a a, a large-scale, probably bilateral corticothalamic network. And, I mean, you'll be aware there, there are hints in man that there are focal onset uh, that, that there is a focal onset to absent seizures um, with EEG data possibly showing mesial frontal sources for the onset of absences. And there's some very nice uh, combined EEG fMRI data from here at UCL suggesting that the precuneus, some mesial posterior cortex, drives the onset of generalised spike wave. So, so I think we'll find from both data and from models that there are focal driving sites, focal trigger zones. So we will have to rethink the classification of epilepsy. Yeah, well that's ongoing uh, and, and you'll be aware that the, the Berg et al. paper in Epilepsia that reported on the work of the, the classification commission between 2005-2009 
they've very much highlighted that classification is likely, uh, amongst other things, classification is likely to be built on a better understanding of the networks from which seizures emerge. And their, their suggestion has been that focal onset seizures probably emerge in a unilateral network, primary generalised seizures in a bilateral network. I suspect it's nowhere near as simple as that. But, but I very much like that thrust towards putting uh, the, the kind of network phenomena centrally into the classification scheme. Yesterday we talked about um, about stress and um, this uh, of course is the British Neuropsychiatric Association meeting where um, many of the members are interested in the emotional dimension of, of, of epilepsy. Does your work relate to the emotional domain associated with epilepsy? Uh, to, to a certain extent it, it does. Uh, it's not something that's been central to what we're doing in, in the recent past but Certainly we've looked at other aspects of long-range network connectivity in the brains of people with temporal lobe epilepsy and we've looked at how uh, hippocampal amygdala connectivity may be altered and also looked at how extra striate visual cortex amygdala functional connectivity may be altered and how that then alters the perception of emotional facial expressions uh, and how that alters behaviour related to uh, emotional, facial, perception and memory. And we've certainly found that some of the long-range connections are faulty and that those seem to associate with abnormalities of behaviour. So recurrent seizure activity in these networks had effects on, on interictal perception and behaviour? I don't know whether it's recurrent <coughs> ictal activity, but certainly there are abnormalities of the connectivity and that those seem to have an impact on behaviour. Whether that's due to seizures or not, I'm not sure. Obviously, your main methodology recently has involved looking at computational models and uh, the basis of that has uh, been the EEG and, and perhaps um, MRI data. Do you think that um, behavioural data or um, emotional data, for instance, um, you know, to do with stress perception, that they can feed into more technical models that, that you use? I'm sure they can. I'm sure that there would be the potential to implement models of behavioural response to particular stimuli in a computational sense uh, and to understand the kind of computational processes that are intervening between a stimulus and, and a response. Um, and the kind of models that, that we do could be related to those behavioural models. It's not a main thrust of what we're doing at the moment, but it's certainly an extremely interesting area of potential future work. And I guess there, there are things in between perception and, um, and the EEG, for instance, um, physiological markers of arousal that, that uh, it can be measured online. Right, absolutely. So we're extremely interested to understand the, the mechanisms behind changes in brain state and how those might be manifest in EEG and in, in other data such as fMRI. Well, thank you very much. People who have listened to this may want to also listen to uh, your podcast about computational models that uh, will be linked to this one. Thank you very much.